Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Is this that JPP podcast? college football program is worth the most is dana white a genius or an evil genius the guys get into college football the nfl ufc a new money-making idea and a few unique stories from human history all that and more this week on just press play to another week of the Just Press Play podcast uh, brought to you what up, by what up? Bookie. What's up, guys? Not much. What's going uh, on? You know, man, just living life. It's been a pretty good, I've, I've been battling the elements a little bit over the weekend, been kind of sick, but basically all that's done is just let me sit in the house and watch. It's actually been a really good sports weekend between, I've, I've kind of dug into the MLB playoffs a little bit. I've been watching some Yankees, Red Sox, and then the whole UFC madness. We might get in some of that chaos that happened afterward. I think LJ may have a, a thought or two. And then there's some good football on I I wanted to real quick, speaking of, we, we mentioned my bookie off the top, which is uh, our sponsor of the podcast. Uh, shout out to the the Hogs. I never thought that I would be pleased with a 34-point <laughs> blowout loss, but I was after Arkansas lost to Alabama. <laughs> so they scored with, I think it was 16 seconds left to make it a 34-point deficit instead of a whatever 41-point, which gave us a backdoor cover. The spread was 35 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas saved me a little cash oh by getting God. that last touchdown in. And oh I just want to say that good teams win, but great teams cover the spread. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, interestingly, though, oh, I, I was watching. So I watched a lot of that game and then a lot of the, the OU Texas game. And it is scary seeing Tua Tagovailoa for Alabama because he just – it seems like it's the first time, you know, Alabama gets all these amazing recruits and all of a sudden for the first time ever, I think their best player might be playing the most important position on the field. And now you got this yeah. guy just slinging yeah, it. To that's these not Alabama's way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these receivers yeah. are just getting these wide open balls down the field. An interesting stat I saw on Twitter was that Tua has thrown for seven fewer touchdowns on the year. At He's at 18 for the year. That is seven fewer than incompletions that he has thrown on the season. Wow. <laughs> he's only That's thrown incredible. 25 wow. incompletions, and he's thrown 18 well, and touchdowns. And didn't there, there was some, he hasn't thrown a, t- a pass in the fourth quarter yet, right? He hasn't because played a snap in the fourth wow. quarter. He hasn't played, he played a single snap. snap. 
Well, That's ridiculous. Well, you know what uh, else is scary? Saying his last name. I can't say it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, real quick, Pops, why don't you why don't you say his last name for us? Uh Tia Galova? I don't know, man. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Tia Galova. I don't know. That's it. I don't know. Um Hey, speaking of crazy, crazy uh, streaks that got broken uh, uh, in the Giants game, the longest pass that traveled through the air. Yeah. It, since uh, since week five of last season, Odell Beckham Jr. threw a pass that went 24 yards in the, the air. And that's the longest pass that has really? been completed since the, the week Giants five. The Giants scored 30 to points, OBJ. too. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time in two seasons. <laughs> and got and they lost. And they lost. <laughs> By, well, by Graham Gano kicking a 63-yard field goal as time expired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So, anyway, man. Well, I want to get into a little NFL in a second. That is the best quarterback on the field for the Giants was Odell Beckham. It wasn't even yeah, and that wasn't even a good throw, but it was still the best throw all day. So, <laughs> um, Oh, hey, back to college football. I, I got a, a quandary. Uh, or Well, yeah. not a quandary, but I got a little bit of a problem from last week. How in the hell did you guys forget about Boise State OU's Fiesta Bowl? D- don't you guys me. I, I was there. You, no, you, I know. You're, you're I know. pointing the finger at Liff and, Liff and Tone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What? No, wait. Was that the one we were talking about, the Statue of Liberty and the, and the, the hook and ladder? Finger? No, y'all oh, yeah, said the, that y'all yeah. have never the, seen a hook the, and ladder before. The only hook and ladder you've seen was like when was you were Eric playing back in the 60s. It was Eric and Sylvester. Yeah. Well, we did say that. Well, I... That was a while back. So what what, what year was that? You, you uh, 2008 said, oh, because nine? it was my last year. I thought it was 06 or 07. Well, 2008. Okay. Um, and then, it was a hell of a game. It was a yeah. hell of a game. Well, cause that's the, there are two games. There are two football games that stand out to me as the greatest football games of my watching history. And it's that game and the UT-USC Vince yep. Young uh, battled Reggie Bush and Lindell yeah, White. Yeah, the 06 like Rose Bowl. Intense game. So, um, so, yeah, I couldn't believe you forgot that, that Boise State well. game. My bad. Now, to, but to, to bring it to current times, the OU Texas game, I didn't get to watch it. It looks like it was among those great yeah, games. Yeah, I didn't watch it either, it? but I heard real good things. Well, it looked so, like it was a good game. First off, I, maybe Texas is back. I don't know. I, I wish I had the, the Joe Tessitore <laughs> sure. sound clip here. But it was almost, it was almost fantastic because Texas was up by twenty-one in the fourth quarter, and the announcers not only are saying like Texas is now back. They were saying they're now the favorites <laughs> in the Big 12 and they are contenders for the championship. And as they're saying oh, this, boy. all of a sudden, you, I just think it's, it's, why would you not wait? There was like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I know it, I would have bet a ton of money that Texas would have won and not let that get close. But we do, if you've watched any college football, Kyler Murray is the quarterback for OU and that guy can score fast. And they Texas, can get away in a hurry. Yeah. We don't, Texas is still with a quarterback that could screw up a few times. So I just would, if I'm the announcer, I would not want to put my foot in my mouth. I would wait until the game's over and then proclaim them, you know, whatever you want. But (laughs) Kyler Murray comes back. He has a touchdown. He throws a long one. Then he runs one for like 75 or 80 yards. And just, he takes off down the sideline. He is so fast. And it really, it, it upsets me that we're, we're not going to get to watch him much longer because he's going to go play baseball like we talked about last week. Why, why wouldn't yeah. you? But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw your post, Kevin, you wrote in your email. I really appreciated that, uh, that we should start a, a GoFundMe to try to get him to play football. But then you think <laughs> about it and guaranteed contracts and CTE. Yeah. No, Kyler, go do your thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what we could start the GoFundMe. And if I think if we reach up to a few million, then we can reach what is Oakland A's contract is but then we also have to like find a way around the whole like you could <laughs> screw your brain up and stuff so yeah uh, yeah I, and then like we talked thing. about guaranteed contracts in the MLB I mean just go yeah I'll love yeah. you for this mm-hmm. year I want to 
that game though, we should have known LJ that, that game would be good. I, I, Dad may not be be aware of this, but I, I believe you are. That game had the the Gus Johnson effect. Our boy Gus Johnson was calling the game, and anytime <laughs> yeah. Gus Johnson's calling a game, it's just going to come down to the wire. And I want to let yeah. y'all hear the uh, the freshman kicker for Texas had he was kicking the game winning. So OU did come back to tie it up forty two forty two, and with no time left, the Texas kicker comes on to kick it. And I just want to he got he he got his name from Gus Johnson. I'll just let y'all hear this. So Dicker the Kicker is now this kid's name. <laughs> Dicker <laughs> the Kicker. His last name, I forget what it was, Joseph Dicker or, or something. But yeah, he, he was Dicker the Kicker was trending all over Twitter because Gus Johnson just says whatever comes to his mind as soon as it does. I mean, oh, man. I, I love it. Dicker the Kicker. Well, oh, I also man. don't understand. So right after he kicks it, it goes in. His first words were earthquake. And then he pauses, it lets it breathe, and then says Dicker the kicker. I mean, it was just, there's just not much better than Gus Johnson on a Saturday night when, when the game gets going. Hey, speaking of college football, I, I found something kind of interesting on the internet, and it was the five most valuable college football programs, uh, okay. according intrigued, to Forbes. Intrigued. Okay. Yeah, and, and I was in, it, it, intrigued, and some of them were obvious. The, the number one is not one I expected. So let me just start at number uh, five. Should we take a so couple guesses? Five, you want to take a guess after I've given you the top four uh, or the? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's wow. do that. Wow. So you think you could give us the top four? Yeah. And if you're going to stump us I, after giving us everything under it. Number five was the Ohio State University. Okay. okay. With revenue, yearly revenue of 120 million, yearly profits of 69 million. Wow. Number four was Alabama. Okay. Might have thought they yeah. would have been higher. Yeah. Uh, they have yearly revenue of 127 million and profits of 59 million. Number three, Michigan. Not a huge surprise. Revenues yeah. 127 million, profits of 75 million. Number two, Texas. Oh, dang. Okay. 133 okay. million. <laughs> oh, man. 31 million of that is from licensings and royalties, but 133 million in revenues, wow. 87 million in profits. Jeez. Okay. Go ahead. Number one. Who do you think it might be? All right. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first, though? What do you I think? can take a guess real quick. Uh, All right. So, so my thought is uh, LA has been without a football team for many years up until recently. So I'm thinking USC could be number one because they're a historically pretty good team and they're in a huge market without competitive NFL teams for the most of the last decade. So that's your guess? That's my guess is USC. Bah! That's um, not it. <laughs> I wish I had a, we, we need a buzzer. Well, I um, can put a buzzer in, but I kind of like dads. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. So USC is a good guess. I, I kind of was thinking them too, maybe a West Coast, like they've kind of owned it, but it, they've been down for so long. Maybe, maybe yeah. that hinders it. I don't know. So the other thing that came to mind was I was thinking, all right, what are some other successful schools, big name schools? I kind of thought Florida State for a minute, but they just they did they couldn't pay their coach to keep them, so I don't think they're there. How about Notre Dame? Let me get Notre Dame. Oh, okay, they've, that's they've a good paid guess. So much Notre money Dame. Buyouts. Notre Dame would be a good guess, but <laughs> that would be wrong. <laughs> So uh, I think I could give yeah, y'all several guesses. Uh, I really don't think you're going to get this. Um, um, see, I would have said Penn State had not, you know, all of that gone down. Um, right. Let's see. I feel like 
It's got to be. It's got to be an SEC Could, school. Yeah, I, I mean, look thinking, how much money they spend in, in down south in football. Uh, and he's already said Ohio State, Notre Dame, and why well, should be like Vandy? It's not the Razorbacks, right? It's not Arkansas. No, it's not our beloved uh, Razorbacks. Let's see. Uh, I'm. Gonna, I guess I'll throw out. I Who think is, either LSU or the Gators would probably be my next two guesses. I um, think LSU would be a good guess, but no, no. <laughs> Oh, man, I guess no on the Gators all too. All right, no on the Gators. Yeah, let who me was, just, who was two? Who was two? Texas University every, of Texas. Every, everything, everything's bigger in Texas. Give me A and M. No, Texas A and M number one. Yes. Hey, I, listen you know to this. Actually, I totally buy that. I would have never guessed it, but I totally buy it. Are you joking? Yearly revenues of one hundred and forty-eight million. That's. 15 more than the University of Texas. Yearly profits of 107 million. That's 20 million more than number two, University wow. of Texas. Texas A&M, that, that shocked me. Well, uh, that, I know that makes they sense have, why they could pay Jimbo $75 million or whatever they did. I mean, no I, doubt. I think, that, I mean, I've, having been to two A&M games uh, in College Station, it's wild. Like, it's, it's a different world of football. Like, it's insanity. Well, interestingly enough, in the in the thing I saw on the internet, they specifically talked about the four hundred eighty five million dollar expansion to Kyle mm-hmm. Stadium, and that has been that has repaid itself over and over. I guess yeah. because they fill it up every single every time. Week. Yeah, and I mean, they I mean, we, Texas A and M has a, a great game. alumni, great fan base, uh, yeah, situation, unbelievable. I was in amazing. Yeah, and we didn't even get to go inside. We just tailgated. We didn't have tickets, but we had like an invite to go to this fun tailgate, and so we did that. And I mean, it felt like we were inside. You could hear the crowd like loud and clear yeah. from way yeah. outside. And it well, was just, it was amazing. I'd love to go to a game there. And the, the chance that the they Aggies, have though. are ridiculous. Like they're, I mean, they're just, it's one of the most fun fan bases ever. It's just ridiculous. So it's probably safe to say that their move, their move to the SEC worked out pretty well for them then. I mean, I know they haven't won a conference championship, but look at the money they're bringing in. I mean, I think they were bringing in similar money before this. I mean, I'm not saying I, like, I, bet, it, I bet it helped. Yeah, I bet it helps. But um, but I know that they've always been in direct competition with like, you know, they they do their uh, expansions to their seating so they can have, you know, a dozen more seats than UT does. Like that's kind of like always the thing is like they just will sell well, more tickets right now, I think because Texas they'll do it. Texas is that's, redoing theirs to add seats. So I'm sure A&M will be right. They've already made very their soon. Plan. I'm well, sure. I don't know why A&M just doesn't do SRO because all their all their students right stand the whole time. That yeah. There's a deal yeah. with A&M. You, you yeah. don't sit down. Right. So right. They could get more people in there. Yeah. If they just just uh-huh. SRO. Yeah. Too bad sure. as as and people may catch this, but if only as my as my man Jay Billis would say on Twitter, if only there was enough money to pay the players. If well, only. And know? I will say one thing though with that with that top school, that's probably the only school where uh the the jersey that they sell, their top selling jersey is not a former player. Their top selling jersey is a is an inside joke for the fans. You know, it's the the twelve. It's the twelfth man. Well, it's not an inside yeah, joke. Right. It's it's like well, a tradition. Sure. Well, well, yeah, I know. But what, what I'm cool. saying is they're not like they're not directly uh you know profiting off of Tebow's back as much as Florida would or something like that. You know, it's a, you know, Jimbo, Jimbo actually is letting number 12, not just be a special teams guy. It's their fullback and they use him quite a bit. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not, they're not like, they're not like the, like, if, if the Razorbacks were selling five jerseys or Florida right. selling 15 jerseys. Right. Because those are the ones that Texas really irk me jerseys. when we talk about paying the players and like their most popular jersey is like actually one of their players. Or yeah, like pay. you're clearly that buying that Texas, hard, that, you're buying that Texas 10 jersey after 06 Rose Bowl because yeah. of Vince Young. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, 
I was a fan of Vince Young, and I like I had a picture of Vince Young hanging up Texas, and I don't like Texas. I just like right. him, and I've had a lot of people did the same thing. He didn't so mean Texas a grandma. Is clearly, <laughs> yeah, I don't mind Texas at all. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would not. I definitely would not have guessed that A and M would be. I, I you could not. Cool have, you wouldn't have surprised me if you would have said they were up there in the top. You know, just because it's Texas and football and SEC. But number one, that is that. Well, I really, uh, I thought, I thought Notre Dame should have been. I, I'm surprised they yeah. weren't there. I thought yeah. that was a great guess. And I thought either USC or even UCLA, perhaps. Yeah, UCLA is one I'd, been, I thought about too. Uh, but yeah. I thought about UCLA probably came to mind for me, and was I was just totally shocked about A and M. But A and M obviously is it is an excellent. I don't had never been a big fan of the Texas football A and M Aggies, you know what have you. But the college is a good college. Yeah, very good. And you know the joke, the standing joke is, what do you call a Texas A and M alum? What boss? <laughs> so that's <laughs> what you call them. So there, there's a money in sir it, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's there's some money in it. Uh, that's so. really cool. I'm I'm also now you've got me curious of like maybe next week we should try to come in with like the most uh, uh, wealthy athletic programs because that might put US, UCLA like way up there, you know, something like that. So uh, yeah, I'm that would be interesting. I know when you've looked at like most national titles for a program, generally University of Arkansas is is high on the list because of cross country. And is yeah. it, was it John? Yeah. Mc- McDonald was that was his name? The Where I think he retired some time back, but he was an amazing cross country track. Yeah, uh, guy. Oh, so, we're, yeah, world class track team. Uh, for so yeah, ever. that that I'll, I'll jot that down. We'll maybe have some fun facts. For yeah, next fun week. facts all the time. That's why you come to this show. That's right. Pops, do, do you remember uh, last last time we all got together? I, I recall LJ saying something along the lines of he would rather have his team get blown out <laughs> than than have a, a close game and lose at the last second. Do you remember yeah, that? I remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he got his wish that? because I think <laughs> because I think Isaiah Crowell may still be running for the Jets. I don't, we're recording this Sunday afternoon, and it's the Sunday afternoon where Isaiah Crowell broke the Jets franchise record going for 219 yards as the Jets and, demolished the Broncos. And I think he did that on 15 rushes. Yeah, he <laughs> averaged 15 yards per carry. Just I about. There, I couldn't really watch the game. I was like doing, I was working a show. Um, but when I was watching, I saw Lucky like for that. for you. Yeah. yeah I saw no that, uh, that potentially muffed punt that ended up not getting called a muffed punt. And uh, <laughs> and so then that meant that, uh, that the Jets were going to get it on their 15. And I was thinking, well, might as well put it in their damn red zone because, you know, Crowell's <laughs> going to eat up those 85 yards in a second. <laughs> and, and when Crowell wasn't running for 80 yards a touch, they were throwing it deep over the top to Robbie. Yeah. Anderson. I, I was watching Robbie or I was watching red zone channel and it felt like I was watching the Broncos jets game because yeah. every five minutes, Cecilia, I was like, hey, let big. me take you over to the Meadowlands. Uh, okay. So I will <laughs> say, I still stand by, still <laughs> I'll still, I stand by my statement. But there is a caveat that when it's a record-breaking ba- blowout, that's not fun to watch. I mean, it's not fun <laughs> yeah. to watch anyway, but that's like that's harder than a close game. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, quick shout-out. I know we'll probably get into this more, you know, after the after Monday night's game and we do our later-in-the-week pod, but uh, Mr. Mahomes apparently fared pretty well against that vaunted Jacksonville defense. Well, uh, so, so he yeah. did He did actually he, – he didn't throw any touchdowns and had two interceptions. He, he did run for he one. He ran one in for sure. The offense did look fine. They didn't struggle at all. Where what really stood out to me in that game was 
the the Achilles heel of the Jaguars, and it will be when it counts. Is Bortles just is Bortles? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I know they didn't have Leonard Fournette, and they they were uh, they didn't have all their guys. But Bortles threw four picks. One of them, he they were like on the five yard line, and he threw one that just hit off the player's his own lineman's helmet directly off the back of his offensive <sighs> lineman's helmet, and they picked it off. I and mean, then he threw another one that went straight to a defensive tackle for the Chiefs that they ran in for a touchdown. It Goodness just gracious. He has his yeah. moments where you think, oh, he could be okay. But at the end of the day, I just think he's going to be Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah. So they need to do something different. But uh, I did. So uh, Hugh Jackson tried his hardest. I don't know if y'all got to catch any of the Browns Ravens. He tried as hard as he could to lose that game. Then went to overtime yet again and almost tied. Five, but they right? kicked a yeah, <laughs> they kicked a game-winning field goal and with two seconds left. And I went. I don't know exactly. There's video proof of this, but I don't know what he's doing for sure. But the kick goes through with two seconds left in overtime. And Hugh Jackson, they, the camera pans to him, and he's holding up two fingers, looking like he's mouthing the words, there's still t- there's still two seconds. I don't know if he's unaware of how overtime works, but the game's over <laughs> after that field goal goes through. Maybe he was wanting to go for two. Yeah, maybe he was saying, we're going to go for two. two. Hey, yeah, yeah, we're going for two. No, no matter what he's trying to sig- signal there, He's he's Hugh Jackson. I don't understand. He's looking and, at the shot clock in case shot clock in case it's an air ball. Is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know if you can fire a kicker after a game winning field goal, but there the Browns well, kicker who maybe they, that one yeah, that one was <laughs> bad. He kicked it. It went like it was like a thirty yarder, and it went like sideways. It looked like a duck was shot. I mean, it looked like. <laughs> No, it looked it, like it hit a bird midway through and <laughs> almost didn't make it. I'm uh, going to go ahead and call it now. That was the ugliest game-winning field goal I've ever seen in my life. It's the award winner. It's like terrible. I knew it went through, and I saw the refs put their hands up, but I still was like, I don't know about that. I need to see replay right. proof. So you know they put that line on there where you the team needs to get to to have a, <laughs> a, ch- a chance at the field goal. It's like – I mean, I know I'm exaggerating a little. It's like the 11-yard line for this guy. I mean, it was like, they need, they need to, to get, get to, to the 11-yard line, yard line <laughs> for this guy to be in his range. Well, so they fired their other kicker because obviously after week one and two, he had a rough week one and two and missed like a game-winning extra point. So, I mean, he had a rough, a rough couple games. But they hired this kid, Greg Joseph, out of uh, Florida Atlantic. He kicked 69% in, at Florida Atlantic. He wasn't even above 70% there. And then he comes in, he went two for three today, 0 for one on extra points, and barely made the game-winning field goal. By the, I way, I wanna, the Browns are just going to Browns. <laughs> we said that before, but I just, man. I've been toying with this mm. fantasy idea, and I think it'd be really like interesting this year, is like a 20-point loss for every missed extra point. So then you just go most weeks without a kicker unless you like have like a really dependable like uh, Justin <laughs> like Tucker. Justin Tucker. You got to have yeah. Justin Tucker. He, he becomes but this like, week he missed an extra point or no, he missed a field goal. He missed a field goal. He so got blocked. Fine, he got blocked. He didn't miss he it. Got he got blocked. blocked. Well, he got well blocked. I, it's not his fault. Yeah, for sure. But speaking um, of it's, it was a rough it was a rough week for kickers. Speaking of kickers. Speaking of liquored up kickers. <laughs> um, did you say Mason Crosby? That's who I was going to bring up. Who's Lord. a legitimate kicker. And I mean, at the end of the game, I saw. Aaron Rodgers kind of hugging up on him a little bit. I'd have been like dot desire. I mean, he missed I think three field goals and an extra point. Or the pa- oh, so the okay. Packers lost by eight. They lost twenty three to thirty one. Rodgers had, as Dad mentioned, Rodgers had four hundred yards passing and three touchdowns. Mason Crosby, he did his part. <laughs> Mason Crosby went one for five 
on, on oh, field God. goals. Oh, for one on extra points. They quit. <laughs> they quit kicking extra points because he wasn't making his field goals. They just like, all right, we're not even gonna kick extra point. They went for two like two times in a row, and then like the third touchdown, they're like, all right, let's kick it. Let's kick a field goal to make it twenty four to thirty one. And he missed the extra point. I mean, did the it NFL just, install like uh, rollers under the stadium and they just like push it to the side as soon as the ball's kicked or something this year? Because it's ridiculous how many misses man, we've no gotten. And then uh, speaking of the the Vikings, I think they end up getting the win over the Eagles. But Dan Bailey missed two field goals in that, and I think maybe an extra point. It's it was just a t- it was a tough week to be a kicker. I don't know what happened. It's a tough it year. A tough well, week. and they remember they moved the extra points back because kickers were just too good. They were yeah, getting too automatic. good, and now all of a sudden they can't they can't <laughs> kick anything. <laughs> Well, I so I love that now an extra point isn't just a total gimme though. It's not a gimme. I agree. It's not a gimme. It should be like I I don't if I'm if I'm a head coach or a GM I'm pulling my hair out like. We can't kick a 35-yard field goal straight down the middle every single time. But the fact that hey. I can't just get up, I have to like I might have to stay and see can the Browns kicker actually make this extra point. I mean, if there was ever a time to go Pulaski Academy and just go for two every single time, now's the time. Well, Mike Tomlin yeah. and the Steelers have thought about it. They, they, they I know they didn't go hard enough with it. Well, you know who should be thinking about it is Mike McCarthy. So you should be thinking about it. Damn. Uh. <laughs> And then I guess real, we can move on from this quick. The Atlanta Falcons and the and the Pittsburgh Steelers played, and they uh, that was kind of the loser leave town kind of game. Either, whichever whichever team loses, kind of is really going to look tough to make the playoffs. And the Steelers win. Roethlisberger threw for three touchdowns and 250 yards. Still, yeah. Are you moving at all, L? Or are you still? Well, did you hear I, that, L? I, gotta, I mean, Roethlisberger. I got to check the I got to check this, the the tape because stats don't mean anything when it comes to Roethlisberger. He's got the town <laughs> around him. Because did you see in the in the uh, first half? I know that Connor had like 72 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Like it's yeah. it's a different ball game when you've got. Oh, and by the way, I did want to say that I wish I would have brought this up before because you guys keep saying, "Well, Connor's no Le'Veon Bell," and he's not because nobody is. But I do want to note that Connor. Uh, as of before this week, he was the second most uh, elusive running back in the NFL or like the most missed tackles. And he only gets like, you know, 10 carries a game because they just put the entire game on Roethlisberger's arm. So that's pretty impressive. Well, that, that's I mean, he's a clear nothing. point. Yeah. So like the first week he was good when they were in when they played the Browns and they were in the game or tied or leading yeah. most of the time. But then the next two weeks they gave up like 40 points in both games. So yeah. your running game quickly evaporates. I don't care who you have. You quit running the ball. But when you can start the situation. game running, then I mean, I, I'll have to check it. Roethlisberger might be turning me this week. I don't I don't think so. But uh, but maybe. Uh, but I do think it helps a lot to have a running back, a running game in the first half. You know, that changes everything. So it does. It does. I want to go a little bit on to, I don't know, did either of you get any time? Y'all might have seen some of the clips and highlights, but did y'all watch any of the UFC stuff from last night? I, I watched the ending of the fight highlight was all, the the brawl. Yeah, I watched some of the highlights. So, right. I saw the cheap shot to McGregor. That <laughs> guy did get there and get a couple of shots to the back of the head. Well, oh, and the, I think. From the crowd? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I can't remember who the guy was, but uh, somebody affiliated with Habib's camp or something? Yeah, so, I well, I, honestly, I don't know exactly how to say, I've heard, I've heard Dana White say his name two different ways. I, I, I think it's Habib, the K is silent, but I've heard Khabib you mean the, and Habib. the dumbest commissioner in sports doesn't know how to pronounce his people's names? Well, and that's, that's including what Goodell? 
I was intrigued to get LJ's. As soon as I saw this, I was intrigued to get LJ's thought on this because in general, the night last night, so I watched the whole thing and besides like the first fight or something, but I watched a lot of the fights and Derek Lewis was uh, the, it was like the heavyweight is a big black man going up against this kind of long Russian guy. And they were fighting. Is he the one goes, that took his pants off? Yes. Well, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll All right. Okay. Show notes in. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead. <laughs> I was going to play the sound clip of just his whole post, his whole post fight press conference with Joe Rogan. But we, we, not that we censor ourselves, but he just gets a little loose lipped and uh, we'll, we'll put the show notes in there and you can watch it. But yeah, his first question, as soon as the fight ends, he knocks this guy out. I mean, knocks him smooth out in the fourth round. And uh, Joe Rogan's first question was like, Hey, uh, Derek, can I, can I ask you why you took your pants off? And he answers, <laughs> my balls was hot. And that, that was it. <laughs> and Joe Rogan, like a professional, was just like, all right, I understand. Uh, and then he just goes, well, and, and it got better from there. It got better from there. Uh, so, yeah, please go. Uh, listeners, yeah. go to the website and check this out. It's he, worth he, it. It's- he gets asked about the knockout, and he says Donald Trump told him to knock that Russian MFR out. And so it just, <laughs> yes. you just got to listen to it. It's great. Oh, we'll put it man. in the show notes. But then, so that one was entertaining. Then there was the fight between uh, Tony Ferguson and Austin Pettis. And that one was really interesting where, and I think it went three rounds. These guys, I've never heard of the saying, Dad, you may have because you've watched more boxing and stuff, but they kept saying these guys are fighting in a phone booth. And oh, absolutely. It was, it was that, that yeah. 100%. These guys like stayed right here in front of each other. They were just hitting each other in the face. There was blood. I mean, it was vi- it was violent, but I mean, it was, shots. oh yeah. And you saw, so at the end of like the third round, I actually really liked it, but the trainer calls the fight. He asked the guy, he asked Pettis, he's like, hey, what's wrong? And he says, my hand's broken. And you can tell he won't do anything with his hand. And they just spent a whole round just punching each other in the face over and over again. And the trainer's like, well, can you fight? And he wouldn't answer because of course, as a fighter, he doesn't yeah. want to, he doesn't want to quit. And the trainer's like, I'm not letting you go out there if you're not going to use that hand and fight. And he still didn't answer. And the trainer just calls it. And some of the crowd started booing. And I thought it was like, I was really proud of the trainer. Cause if, if he let that guy, yeah. that guy wasn't going to quit. And if he would have let that guy go out, Ferguson was just going to dot him up and I mean, dominate yeah. and knock him out. And then he was going to probably get CTE or something. So yeah. I, I, I was really impressed with that. You know, can I say that reminds me, do y'all remember who Arturo Gotti? Y'all remember yeah. Arturo, yes. Arturo Gotti? Because of and, you, and, yeah. And oh He's my God, he had three. Boxing, right? He was the ultimate war. I don't know if they, or maybe the ultimate warrior. They had a nickname for him, but there was no quit in Arturo Gotti. And he had three epic battles with Mickey Ward. Mm-hmm. But there was a fight, and I don't think it was Mickey Ward, where he broke his left or right hand. I mean, he you heard between rounds, it was on HBO, which, side note, HBO's given up boxing after 45 years. That's worth yeah. talking about at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at any right rate, moment, but- Gotti broke his say his left hand. I don't think it was his power hand, but uh, his other hand. And he still, I mean, it was obvious he did it. The the trainer, do you want me to stop the fight? Gotti was no. He goes, I just won't use it. I won't use it. He still got in there and threw the broken hand. I mean, threw punches, not many, but with the broken hand. I mean, Ugh. this guy, and, and Arturo Gotti is no longer with us. I mean, I don't know. I, I loved him as a fighter, but something something upstairs, you know, I mean, you got a broken hand and you're still punching a brick wall. Yeah, something's not right, but God, his fights were awesome. But real quick, that leads me back to why I don't watch a lot of that anymore. Yeah. You just, you know what these guys' hearts are letting them do to their bodies, yeah. their metaphorical hearts. It's right. just, it's sometimes tough to watch. But Arturo yeah. Gotti was like that. It reminds me, what an 
an amazing fighter he was. So yeah, and so yeah. those fights were great. And then the main card comes, and it's McGregor versus uh, Habib, and uh, you want everyone wanted to see it, and really Habib just dominated the fight. Everyone wanted to see it because of all the buildup, you know, McGregor throwing stuff at their bus and all this crap. Oh, and was then, that the guy McGregor threw crap at yeah, the bus? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I this did is not. Why I'm okay. so pissed. This yeah. So this is why I'm, I want to tee up LJ in a second. So. All right. Onto the they they fight for like three rounds. I think in the fourth, Habib finally and Habib does he, he's perfect. He like wrestles him and gets him in a couple of things and uh, takes out a lot of energy from McGregor. And then in the third round, just starts striking with McGregor, playing his game, just standing up and let's see what you can do. And McGregor still can't beat him. And I just want to say I don't know why the heck you would ever fight. Apparently, this kid Habib trained when he was twelve years old. His dad used to make him wrestle bears. Yeah, so I've you seen that video. I'm not getting put in the octagon with anyone who wrestles bears for training. That's just yeah. not something I do. Yeah, but he makes he makes McGregor. He chokes him out in the fourth. He has him in a lock, and McGregor has to tap. And then after he gets up, I think he has some choice words for McGregor. I. It depends who who's you're a fan of. I've heard arguments both ways. Some people say he choked out McGregor longer after McGregor tried to tap out, whatever. But as he's walking off, he starts to he starts trading words with somebody in the stands. It turns out to be a, tra- a fighter that trains with McGregor, and they're kind of holding him back. And then all of a sudden, Habib just loses it, and he just jumps over. Come here, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> buddy, see somebody outside. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We just go with it. Featuring, featuring, buddy, buddy, (laughs) buddy, Luth Ringer. He's hungry. (laughs) So Habib sees this guy, and they're word, they're mouthing and mouthing, and Habib just jumps over the fence, jumps over the octagon, and just starts well on, starts a brawl, and then guys jump in the octagon over McGregor, some of Habib's camp, and a couple of guys take a cheap shot on McGregor. It looks like it just was total madness. And after the fight, Dana White kept saying how. This is a total black mark on the league, of on the course on he UFC. Did. This is not what we want, but this is where I want LJ to go. It's kind of like he was asking for this, right? Tell me what you got. Oh, this is completely his fault. And and one thing I'll tell you is if he can convince McGregor's dumbass to take the money and fight this again, this will be the promo. This is exactly what the USC wants. Um, and so, you know, what's going to happen if you have somebody that flew from Ireland to New York on a whim to throw a truck, uh, a hand truck through the window of the bus that you're in, you know, you finish that fight. You're not just going to like cool down because, you know, it's just my job. I'm just like a boxer who boxes like this is actual like blood sport at this point. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Dana White just keeps encouraging it. And it's just. I don't know. It really frustrates me that like we're we're pitting people that have committed crimes against each other uh, in a gladiator sport against each other. Like it's just it doesn't seem so like where a do you fair draw way to line? expect humanity to work out. Where do you draw the line between like you saw the McGregor Mayweather? They said a lot of bad things about each other. And th- this happens. This is part of hyping a fight. And this is what McGregor gets paid to do is he's so good at hyping the fights. But then you see with McGregor and Mayweather, they hug it out afterward because they both know they're making a big check. I, I get what you're saying. I do. But part of boxing is this hyping up the fight. It's this. They don't shake hands. They don't touch gloves or something. There's bad blood. Hey, you're right to a degree. But if you really think this is a dis- disgrace against the sport, then don't let that person play your okay. sport. You know, I mean, it's like um, he keeps saying this, but it's empty because 
it keeps adding up to the next thing because he he escalates it. Dana White purposely ex- escalates it because he wants more money and then pretends like it's a bad thing for the sport. I mean, he if he just accepted it and said like, oh, this is going to be so good for n- the number two fight if I can get him to do it, then, I you know, I'd have a little bit more respect for him. But like, truthfully, he's asking for this to happen and then pretending like it's a bad thing. I mean, it's just That's who I'm the most annoyed with. I'm with you. I'm not even as I'm, I'm really disappointed in Habib just because and I don't follow this sport that heavily at all like i really don't at all and it was just i i thought after all this smack that mcgregor's talked habib just went in there and dominated him i mean he just put on a clinic beat him at his game and then made him made him tap out made him quit and then to go do that you put a stain on your own on your own i i that's what I hated from him, but I get a little bit of it because he talked after the fight. He's like, I just want people that we got to quit. He said, I don't have his exact word for word, but he was just saying that the problem is we need to quit talking about family and talking about my father and my religion and my people and my country. And I'm totally, I agree. There's not room for that. If, if McGregor wants to say, I'm going to whoop his ass in the ring, that's all part of the game. That's part of it. But you get, like you're saying, now, you get outside of the ring when now you're throwing shit at my bus and you're hurting people well, and, and you're taking talking a, about religion Taking a plane from Ireland to New York on a whim. Like, that's not just like like someone who, you know, that's that's not the 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 actions of a sane person. And so, you know, anything that happens after that, you can't blame these adrenaline junkie people that use violence to solve their problems in the ring to to then turn that off as soon as the match is over. You know, like uh, when you create uh, an animosity so great for the sake of promo, then that's, you know, that's your fault as an organization for for creating this. And so stop pretending like it's such a bad thing because you did it. Well, and let me uh, let me add this. So y'all saw my reaction when you said, oh, I said, this is the guy he threw the at the bus. You yeah. Know, yeah. So I I might have tried to watch it had I realized I didn't realize it somewhere made, in the I, hype I don't know machine. what the pay per view is going to make, but it went nuts. I mean, this was the biggest night of UFC history. Well, and, and and so now what they've done, I mean, I almost wonder if they go in there and hug it out afterwards and go, oh, we've made so much money for the rematch because people are going to be interested now in the rematch. Do you remember Joe Frazier? Y'all don't obviously Joe Frazier <laughs> and Muhammad Ali, the thrill of Manila, and he was and he was hammering the the ape. I mean, Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali is an African-American and he's talking about beating the ape, Joe Frazier. I mean, that's, yeah. is that black on black racism? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I, I can't define it. I'm a white guy. I don't know what the hell it is, but, <laughs> anyway. uh, but, but anyway, it made people want to freaking watch. And so yeah. is this, is this just, you're the, you're the expert on this, Kevin. We didn't walk on the moon, you know, it's a, <laughs> what, so it's all well, a damn hot machine. Well, so that's why that's where I think LJ's right. I, I don't really defend either McGregor or or Habib. I think Habib's totally in the wrong. I uh, the person I really hate is that guy that jumped over the ring and took a cheap shot on McGregor. Oh in the yeah, back. yeah, that's, that's just not ridiculous. acceptable. I mean, taking a none of this cheap is shot in the back of the head is is bullshit. That's yeah. right. And, if and if maybe, you want to fight me, stand up in front of me and fight me and yeah, my especially ass or whatever. After but, he had just lost a fight too, he just he did four rounds kicked. of like I mean, grueling. Like he's exhausted, and you're going to jump in there fresh and swing at the back of him. That that dude, we've talked about it before. That is the worst. He is the worst dude. Like that's just ridiculous. But and then. Habib, that talk about it. We already said he's crazy because he trained wrestling bears. The man, like like McGregor, he just fought four rounds and is probably exhausted, and he's willing to jump out and go fight another fighter who's fresh. Yeah. Like, that that dude's there's something yeah. wrong up here. Well, but McGregor got his ass whooped right and was yeah. trying yeah. to jump over the ring and fight again. I mean, it's like, well, where was that energy a little while ago? <laughs> you know? Well, he couldn't breathe because he was right, getting he choked. Out. Right, he was getting choked. Yeah. You're right, he was getting he, choked. But he, he's not. They they should not be a number two and. 
unless McGregor has more money than than smarts coming from it, because he is not going to win another fight against this guy ever. Like, that's just not going to well, happen. And, that, and that's but. where LJ's point I agree with is the person I'm mad at is Dana White. This is what you've built up for. This is what I, I know he'd never want. He he probably in his heart of hearts and honestly did not want this to happen. And this is not what he wanted to see. But. You're playing He's with not fire upset every, about it. every now and then. If you keep playing with fire, you're going to get a little burn here and there. And he keeps doing it. He's going to keep going back to it. And he's going to keep building up because this rematch, if it happens, will be insane. It will be. Amazing. Well, and I think you said it, LJ. I remember watching a, an interview with one of the MMA fighters. And it, it was like Ed Wallace from 60 Minutes or somebody interviewing. And I, it was scary. I mean, it, it, you just think if a guy's going to get in a ring with almost bare knuckles, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing yeah. in a cage. And yeah. they're willing to beat the shit out of another guy and take a punch from a guy. They're not stable. I mean, they could go off yeah. at any time. You can't expect yeah. these adrenaline junkies. I think you use the word. I mean, how much testosterone was in that room? My God. Yeah, and, yeah just yeah. in the ring. Not even... and. and there's other fighters around there watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just can't you can't even expect these guys to uh use the same diplomacy that we should use as human beings. They're right. just they're trained to be killers, to yeah. hurt people. They're trained to, to knock them out. Fight them until they either quit or you knock them out. Well, and even in yeah. boxing, like I said, and, and even if you got a broken hand, use that use that damn broken limb to hit somebody with. It's just yeah. It, it's it's a blood sport and we cannot deny all through history people have loved some portion of that and it is what it is. I don't know if that's good bad. It probably is. Well, but good. I mean if you're going to profit off of this try to protect, you know, it's the same thing we say about CTE and football is like uh, you know, I I don't want to I I like the game the way that it is, but I also, you know, if you're going to profit off of these people putting themselves in early graves, do your best to look out for them. And and that's a mm -hmm. clear disregard for their safety by putting these two in a ring with that sort of hype leading up to this. I mean, it's just, I think it's, it's a terrible move on UFC part, UFC's part. Well, and I will, I do want to give Dana White a little bit of credit. He, he, at, after the, they got everybody in well, the ring, money, they, so they kind of calmed it down. <laughs> and uh, Habib was sitting there going, where's my belt? I want my belt. I want my belt. And Dana White was like, "Look, I'm not, I'm not putting your belt on you because as soon as I put that belt on you, there all the all the people who are crazy McGregor fans here that are drunk, pissed off, are going to start throwing stuff. It might start another fight and all this stuff." And Habib was like, "I don't care if they throw something at me." And Dana White specifically was like, "You could hear it on the mic'd up thing. He was just like, yeah, but not." All the other 20,000 people here don't want to get showered with beer. So we're not putting your belt on you. It's just not happening. So that was a good move by him. But he's uh, the only reason he's cleaning up this mess is because he made it. So I don't want to give him too much well, credit. Well, I guarantee well, you Dana White cashed a pretty big check at yeah, the bank. Yeah. So when all said and done, he, he was, was pissed off last night, but he'll be good when his bank account yeah, shows that his direct bank account's deposit. in good shape. Dad, uh, I had a question about... I was watching that fight and I was watching the people in the crowd and everything. And I don't know if, I don't know if you, I've never been, I don't know for a fact if you have or not, but if you've gone to like a big boxing fight or big, big fight, an event in like Vegas or something, I it doesn't it. seem like there's much appeal to me to that. Unless you're um, right there on the ring, which yeah. I, well, we, we will the, have the never had the are... money to get that. Then I don't see why you would do so, it. So let me, I, I've thought about it and, and, you know, my buddy, Bob, Bob Hubbard, you yeah, know, has yeah. talked about going to Vegas to see a really big boxing match. And I mean, I would want to be close enough where sweat and yeah. blood potentially gets on me. I mean, that sounds gross, but I want to <laughs> be that close to the action and that. Probably though, and and I don't want to go sound like I'm soft here, but was in the old days. I don't know yeah. now because well, I, think I it's know just what it's you, done you know, to those guys. 
I know what's happening to those guys in old age. And and I'm telling you, I'm nothing like HBO's drop in boxing that they've carried for 45 years. The biggest fights were on HBO. I can remember me and my dad getting together and watching Saturday Night Fights on HBO. It well, was always the biggest match. You and I, LJ. Yeah. And even after y'all were kind of had moved out, I'd go over sometimes and watch a big fight with my dad over in Ashdown, you know. Yeah. And um, um, Diego Corrales, uh, that fight he had, I've, I've mentioned it before, Marco Antonio Barrera. What an amazing fight. But now I, I, I have a hard time watching it because I just know what it's doing to these to these people. And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's almost a beautiful, the sweet science, they call it. It's a beautiful thing, but I, I've, I've guess I've moved past it a little bit like we have jacked up on, yeah. on NFL. Um, yeah. Now it's come on, man, you know, or whatever the Moss, yeah. the Moss catch. You got Moss. And you got Moss or whatever, which is not as cool as jacked up. I'm sorry. That was an all time. Um, but, but we've got to, we're not, I don't want to go back to gladiator days. And I mean, that's yeah. what, that's what boxing is. That's what MMA yeah. is. That's mm-hmm. what jacked up is. And hopefully we're getting more civilized than that. We want to see people not lose their brain function for my pleasure. Right. And so right. I'm not into it like I was. And and yeah. HBO dropping boxing is a huge deal to me. I thought I might I might think about that and write because that was something that was a complete part of my childhood growing up with my dad. We would yeah. watch the big fights on HBO. Yeah. yeah. And they're dropping boxing. So we're 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 changing as a society. We are. And it's it's scary and I I don't know if scary is the word, but it's just I'm nostalgic about losing some of yeah. that. Yeah. But I think we're moving to a better place and we need to. So yeah. That's how I feel. I yeah, think. I just Yeah, I'm with you and hundred percent. Yeah. It's the, the more it, the main thing I've noticed when I watching that fight and then like I we've already transitioned this way in NFL, I'll still go to a big game. But the only reason you're going to that event and paying that money, I feel like, is not for the viewing uh pleasure. It's for the the atmosphere of being there. It's like like we talked about yeah. going to a college game. I, it's better to watch that AM Arkansas game here at home. But if you can go see it in Fayetteville or in College Station with that atmosphere, there's something to yeah. be said. But for boxing well, wise, I don't think I'd ever pay the money to go watch a big USC. No, I want to go to an athletic event that shows me athleticism and skill and integrity. Boxing or MMA, I mean, be honest, you're going to see somebody almost get knocked out and yeah. come back from it and knock the other guy out. That's yeah. what you want to see. That's the goal. Yeah, that'd be and, the best and, fight. And, and there is no way you do that without damaging yourself on a permanent basis. Yeah. And Agreed. so we need to move as a society to enjoying athleticism, integrity, uh, one-handed catches, Odell Beckham one-handed catches, yeah. which we've seen a lot more of those now. You know, that's, and, and those are, hey, I can get into that. <laughs> so, well, and so that, that's something that I've been, you know, with football, I'm I'm so against this quarterback rule change, as, like in theory, but the more I think about it, the more I think like, well, this is kind of the league that I want. I mean, I want to see defense. I want to see running backs, yeah. but I also want to see safety. And so, you know, the feet of of great jumping instead of the feats of great strength might be more what I really need to enjoy if I'm gonna yeah. keep watching football and feel good about it. So I think that yeah. sometimes what the NFL is their thought process like you wanted player safety, you wanted player safety. Well, here yeah. you go. Here's what you asked. Yeah, for. and now you're bitching. LJ, Here's what it looks so, like. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
I mean, I will say the other thing is it doesn't feel like a fair game to me anymore. I mean, both teams have the same opportunity, but like both yeah. sides of the ball don't have the same opportunity. And so that sucks. But I mean, but that might just be the way that it works with player safety. I mean, that's defense gets neutered to make sure the players don't die out. There. So I don't know. I think I've got a new uh, job opportunity for us, a new way to make some money. And I uh, think I like that, that is we need to I we need to get, love the way it sounds. We need to start giving out the the JPP award to just anybody that'll pay us for it because I think that's what JD Power <laughs> does. Is like if you pay them enough money, I mean, because what car company doesn't have seventeen JPP Power or well, yeah, JPP Power awards. <laughs> yeah, we wish J- <laughs> seventeen JD Power awards to boast for their midsize sedans. Like every commercial is about JP or J yeah JP. You can't JD talk Power now. award that somebody's got. <laughs> yeah. I know because. because because I want this award so badly to be <laughs> getting all excited. <laughs> it's money making. I'm sure they pull millions. What do you guys think? Well, is that are, are, is that baloney? Or? So I don't even know what the JD Power trade is. I I, I just know like I, I, I see the com- the commercial. Oh God, it's like most dependable sedan. Yeah, but every sedan, every single commercial, know, every single whatever. brand has like awards yeah. that they tell me has about. a JD Power. <laughs> and the other thing <laughs> is, like, all we as consumers time. are supposed to care. Yeah, they're like so they're like the these are real customers like those Toyota ads or whatever. No, here's like, the- guess how many JD Power awards we have, and then the customers are like six. What? <laughs> no, have you ever thought about this? So, like, what what the hell happens? Do they do they get like they say these are these are not uh, paid actors; these are real customers. So, what do they do? Do they like kidnap yeah. five people, take them to a warehouse, and all of a sudden <laughs> pop these cards out? And they like take the blindfold off of them. They're like, "How many JD Power awards do you think this truck has?" Like, uh, seven. We'll go with seven. Well, and there's that one. There's that one where they like uh, to get a little off subject. There's that one where like some woman is like looking at a sedan or whatever, and then in the sedan is like her entire extended family. <laughs> so it's like, hey, I know you're not an actor, but we want you to be in this commercial where you. T- so like, please list your entire family and their address so we can try to contact them and get them in a car and then surprise you with them. Are you okay with this? Does this sound like a good idea for you? I'm, but, <laughs> not real actors, my ass. I'm, but I'm totally with you. Like. It seems like every car company has like the five time consecutive JD Power Associate Award winner. And it's like, and they've all got the most of something. Like, we've got the most compact car in a row, JD Power Awards. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, we've got the most compact car gas mileage, JD Power Awards. (laughs) It's like, okay, fine. We just make up any category specific enough. So I think that's the thing is if you pay JPP $30 and come up with your own specific (laughs) title, we'll give it to you. We'll you seal it in the award. So let's workshop this. Who, Who? JD clearly goes towards cars. What's our what's our uh, our our brand? Like, are we going towards like podcast or like shows or movies? Like, this is a, this director so, like, is a five time. Gladwell JPP. wins yeah. the JPP award of best intellectual podcast hosted by a Canadian. Yeah, does that work? And it's one of the past <laughs> five years in a row. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I think you're onto something here because I don't even know what they. I, this might just be a random ass company. It's like a guy. Who works out of his home? Just yeah, it's probably three guys sitting around like us going. <laughs> and I've actually hey. okay, so I've done a little bit of research. Um, and so what I do know is that they are a consulting company where you pay them to try to figure out what what customers think about you, and then they grant awards to people, and people that pay them get more awards than people that don't. And it's just it's it's an absurd, ludicrous, and like nobody knows. Like, what, why do we trust JPP but, or J? Well, we trust JPP. I'm sorry. Why do we trust the JD Power Award? I'm I mean, down with JPP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> so, yeah, and you're right because you sit there and you hear that, and it does sound good when they go, like, this truck is a five year uh, durability award winner in the JD Power Trade. You're like, 
oh, okay, a durable truck, and it looks good too. Like I just trust that that means something. When in all actuality, yeah, it's it might just be, oh yeah, we'll pay you uh, fifty thousand dollars just to say that we win this year for this award. <laughs> well, so we yeah. can be cheaper. We can be the JP Power Awards, and nobody will even know the difference, and we'll get it to them for <laughs> half the price. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying like a hundred fifty bucks for like a major car company. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Yeah, what are you talking about? Two fifty. You can have. What do you want? <laughs> you name the award. Two fifty. You, you name the award, and one fifty. We'll you name it for you. <laughs> That's right. Add another fifty dollars in. Case of Malort, you can be what you want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So you had a, another topic, I think, and it was about just just uh, human beings that are. I, I don't, I, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm just going to give yeah, it to you. Just give it to him. I don't even know. It was something. Okay. Well, what okay. So you guys want to hear a, a gross out story or a non gross out story? Well, I know where dad's probably going to stand. I kind of want to go grossed out. I'm good. Grossed out. Bring it. All right. So there's this guy named Terrar. Uh, in France in the 1700s, okay? All right. Uh, this dude got kicked out of his house when he was a teenager because he had the most ins- un- uh, insatiable appetite ever seen in the history of humanity. So uh, uh, he he worked as a street performer after he got kicked out where he would eat, like, an entire barrel of apples or he would eat live animals and just, like, um, eat anything for donations, essentially. And so uh, then... Uh, of course, you know, he had some severe intestinal issues, so he got taken to a hospital where they tried to study him. <laughs> you think? Um, uh. Yeah, he had some problems. But so so this guy, so he was uh, he was uh, not a big man. He actually was like relatively normal size. Like he was a little tall and actually a little bit thin. But uh, so he tried to serve in the military and the the rations that they gave out could not uh, could not feed him. So they ended up quadrupling his rations. He was still hungry. So then they thought, Wait, well. So, so it's not only that he can eat a lot. He, he is actually hungry. He, like he feels like he needs more. Um, yeah. And so. Uh, okay. Okay. So he had four four sets of rations and then would still go through trash cans and eat the scraps of food left by other people. And uh, he even would sneak into like uh, rooms and like find bags of blood and drink the blood. And uh, so the military, the French find military. Bags of time, what? Blood. You heard him. You heard him. Yeah. For the protein of blood. Yeah. Um, and so the military was like, well, how can, how can we use this? Okay. Um, what we can probably do is see if he can drink, (laughs) (laughs) um, we can see if he can, uh, he can eat, uh, a box with a note in it. And then later the note be totally readable. So they tested this and it worked that like, you know, 30 hours later, they got the box out of his waist and, uh, and the note inside was readable. And so then as a reward, as a reward, they gave him 30 pounds of horse lungs and livers and he ate it in front of the officers before they could even leave the room. Um, so, you know, 30 pounds, 30 pounds of lungs and livers. No, it happened. Um, okay yeah Ooh, are we getting to an end uh, well so skipping ahead <laughs> die, jail. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit he then tried to do this and then got caught and then uh they almost the the prussians almost hung him uh but then they let him go for some reason and uh he ended he up should going get sponsored by like an antacid or something <laughs> yeah he, he gets the jpp award i never get heartburn. um <laughs> yeah. 
so then he he eventually ended up in the hospital uh, because you know, like an asylum essentially, and uh, he would sneak into you know and steal people's blood and try to eat uh, things in the gutters when he would get out and stuff like that. And uh, eventually, he uh, a fourteen month old baby disappeared from the hospital, and they immediately thought oh, no. it was him, and so they kicked him out of the hospital. It's not proven one way or another, obviously, uh, whether it was him, but you know he he had actually been known for eating dogs and cats and and eels he would eat an eel without even chewing um so like what, eating life things when was necessarily- this like time yeah and uh, the 1780s ish spell uh, his okay. name how do you spell uh, his name t-a-r-r-a-r-e um tarar yeah tarar um so he uh he also like uh, he he went to he they they kicked him out of the hospital after he he was suspected of eating a fourteen month old and uh, and so he eventually oh came God, back to that is so fair. yeah yeah so he eventually came back to the hospital and the one doc, doctor that actually like cared about him uh, he came up to him and said hey I, I ate a golden fork two years ago and I think it's gonna kill me and then he did die and so the doctor did uh, did an autopsy and found out that when you opened his jaw you could see to his stomach that's how wide his throat was he could just like dump things into his stomach acid and uh and so yeah weird and he never found the golden fork so that's the story of terrar okay <laughs> wow yeah I, I, I don't know where to I go usually, uh, yeah normally i can't shut up and right now i don't have words I, I, i'm speechless all right well let me so, do a little what's less next gross. So, next <laughs> yeah. a little less gross person um just to kind of clear the air a little bit i guess um yeah. clean so the palate there was this guy named adam rayner okay uh and let's okay. see i'm trying to find he was born in 1899 uh in austria and so when World War One broke out, he was 17 years old and he tried to enlist in the army, but uh, they wouldn't let him in because at 17, he was four foot six inches. Um, and so uh, they classified him as a dwarf and determined he was too small and weak to be an effective soldier. So uh, then a year later, he grew two inches. Um, and then let's see, at 21 years old, when the typical uh, per, the typical age of person stops growing, it is, people assumed he was set at his height for life. But then he just started growing more and more and more. So remember, he was four foot six. A, a, right. One decade later, he had grown to seven foot one. So at 27, he was at 27. Foot. He was seven foot one. And uh, he continued growing until he died at the age of 51 years old. He ended up seven foot eight, but his spine kept growing, even though his body didn't. So his spine ended up more and more curved. Um, and it was all through uh, a growth on his pituitary, which is sometimes called acromegaly. Um, and so uh, he was actually the only person to ever be classified as a dwarf and a giant within his own lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy, huh? Why did the growing take so long to start? Well, because uh, acromegaly uh, could could be late onset. It doesn't necessarily start at birth. Um, so it's just like a growth on your pituitary that at some point will tell your hormones to grow, or I guess your hormones, something to 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 act different. Um, but it doesn't necessarily happen the the second that this growth starts. So I mean, I mean, let's just say a guy in his fifties that wanted <laughs> to play in the NBA. I mean, you're, are you saying that he might could grow another six eight inches? Well, in theory, I would say yes. But the other thing is, this often comes with like real real bad problems unless you take care of it quickly enough 
And so, you know, like knee problems and Well, I'll take care of it as soon as I problems. get to about six eight. I'll yeah, that might be too late. That might be too late. Uh, you know, some of the most All famous right, people I'm good. Six five is cool. <laughs> take the tumor. Take the tumor. I'm done. Um well, and you know, that's kind of uh uh you know, big show, uh the giant from WCW yeah, and Andre later the giant? WWE. No, not Andre the Giant, but the Oh, the you're later. talking about Big Show, Big Show. Well, yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. both had acromegaly and uh and uh the big show ended up getting his uh his growth removed so he would stop, you know, having those problems and he's actually lived quite an athletic life for his size. Whereas Andre the Giant, his his ability to do what he did went away much earlier than it should have because he continued to grow uh, because of his acromegaly. So those are two of the actually. Most and interestingly, there's a really good H. Uh, if you have like HBO Go or whatever, the documentary done on there of Andre the Giant, and he's like not to the extent of the first guy you were mentioning, but just dude ate and drank like crazy. He was just a, a phenomenon. Well, yeah. like, I want to say that there's what, a story that he wasn't drank a like 112 beers in one, one afternoon I or something. So, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the myths on him are crazy and some yeah. of them true. Some of them we don't know, but it, well, and apparently it's a, it's Andre the documentary. was a great guy. I mean, he yeah. was a really, yeah. he was a great guy. Um, I think Bill Simmons was behind that. Uh, have you guys ever seen Princess Bride? I have not. Yeah. Oh, well, you ought to. It's a really good movie, actually. But okay. Andre the Giant where, is famously oh, where he's in, in it. Yeah, he's in he's it. He's famously in that he movie. He catches her, doesn't he? And yeah. Uh, and he was so proud of his portrayal in that movie that he would host watch parties with other wrestlers and serve them popcorn and then ask them what they thought about his acting at the end of the at the <laughs> showing. He was just so proud of that movie. So um, I have to watch that. Okay. Yeah, he seems it's like a, a really cool documentary. Guy, but, he's like a genuinely great guy, but looked at as a freak his whole life. Because yeah. I mean, he was different. not in a derogatory way, but he was a freak. He was just not like a normal human He was human a different being. human, yeah. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and, and finish the way. Well, real quick, by, like we mentioned off the top, the podcast is brought to you by MyBookie, and it, it's the best way to bet. Uh, you can it's make the winner of the simple. JPP Power Award of best betting site on the internet. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's actually the best website with the dot AG, I think. It wins yeah. the award for that, too. No doubt. <laughs> So there's a lot of awards. It's critically acclaimed is yeah. what we're saying. And yeah. uh, you just just don't be a rookie. You got to go bet with my bookie. And it's it's <laughs> put in the JPP promo code and you'll, they'll match your. Uh, don't be a rookie. <laughs> bet Did you make that up? Kevin. <laughs> did you make that up? Woo. No, uh, definitely did not make that up. I was thinking, <laughs> I you need to go into advertising right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Don't 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 be that rookie. Go go put your parlay down. Go put your parlay down on my bookie. And if you put in when you sign up, put the uh, promo code JPP in, and they'll match your your uh, deposit and even give you an extra twenty five bucks just to go ahead and throw it on the the Cowboys playing the Texans or something. You never know. Not the Broncos. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, as we we mentioned, let's get to the what we're listening to. Dad, what do you got? I, I can't believe this 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 part of the podcast isn't sponsored yet. Like this no has to get. Put your name like, here. The, yeah. No yeah. Kidding. And we'll call you like the the JPP's best streaming service. You know, you can right. get some award. I can right. I can think of a few that would be contenders to sponsor this. I'll have to get in yeah. contact. Yeah, with we some might need them. to reach out to some people. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, I have. All right, Dad, what's that? I have, I'm going to give you a fun one first and then my real one. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Tammy and I are sitting at the river. We're listening to a little bit of just, you know, kind of dancing, grooving music, some good stuff. I mean, good. All right. Have you ever heard of Adina Howard? Yeah. Freak like me. Have you ever heard of Adina Howard, a freak like me? All right. I'm a white guy. I'm a white guy, so I can't repeat all the lyrics. Okay. (laughs) I'll give you that. But it's great. If you want to shake that, 
Bootay, <laughs> you need to put on a Dina Howard freak like me and right. just check it out. It's good stuff. And I wish I could tell you the lyrics, but I could cannot. All right, that's my fun one, my kind of half ass, right. my kind of half ass serious one. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, if I've said this before, Storyville. Have I ever mentioned Storyville no, on this one? Good choice. Okay. No, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Storyville, a piece, a piece of your soul. Uh, it's got bitter rain, a good day for the blues. That's a song. Good day. What it was. A good day for the blues, man. Great album. I just, I just, it came up on my iPod the other That's day. That's an oldie but goodie. That's a, and I mean, it's that an one. oldie but goodie. Yes, very good, uh, very good. Storyville. And by the way, the uh, the deal was the percussion section was Stevie Ray Vaughan's uh, drums and no. bass player was with Storyville. That's that's the rumor that I had. I've not nice. double checked and triple checked that with JD nice. Power, but that's what I understand. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, verified. Both will be on the website. Adina Howard, Freak Like Me, right. and Storyville, A Piece of Your Soul. That's All what right. I'm listening to. All right. To. So, so, does that get, has Freak Like Me been added to the Mo Bad Jams? Oh, yeah. Oh, it better yeah. be. Oh, it yeah. better be. Oh, yeah. It's on. It's on, baby. <laughs> All right, L, what you got? I haven't heard what you're listening to in a little while. What you got? Well, so I got I got two answers also. Uh, one of them is, uh, uh, so I've been doing a show, Rock of Ages. And so, you know, it's a show about 80s rock music uh, turned into a musical. It's a, it's a pretty fun show, honestly. Um, but so I've been listening to a lot of 80s rock music. And so I think my answer will be uh, Boston and, and uh, yeah, More Than a Feeling, Foreplay, Long Time, like just... Good Peace stuff by that band. Uh, and so, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to note about that is so like I spent a lot of time on YouTube looking up like different 80s rock playlists to try to, you know, just cover my bases. And there is a lot of like 80s rock playlists that feature Tracy, <clears throat> Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, which uh, blows my mind a little bit. Great um, song, but yeah, not yeah. 80s rock in any way. And also right. like a lot of Celine Dion somehow ends up on like a lot of those. Yeah, I don't understand. Like right next to, you know, Motley Crue is Celine Dion. And I just don't Raw. understand what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you, so I've I've noticed that too when I've looked up playlists before. It's like, well, I, I like this song, but it doesn't it doesn't deserve to be on this playlist. The more forgivable ones are the ones where they're like really taking like seventies rock and putting it on there. You know, like ACDC and stuff like that. Like I get why you would put it in the same category as say Guns and Roses, but they're totally different eras. So, mm-hmm. you know, your mileage may vary. Um, and then so so my goofy one is uh, I was I was trying to get to sleep. This is not going to be on Spotify. I was trying to get to sleep uh, the other night and I couldn't. So I turned on YouTube and I, uh, this ad came on for the Electro Harmonics Lester K stereo rotary speaker with Mike Matthews. And so this is this guy who's advertising wow. this pedal for his piano. I was going to write that down. You're going no, to send that to me. I'm going to put it on the show notes. Don't worry about it. Uh, but this guy invented this company where they make like piano pedals, I guess. And so he uh, he's just jamming. He's this like goofy old dude who's like he acts like he hasn't played the piano in like 35 years and he's just having the time of his life. And they're like trying to advertise for this pedal. But really, they're just advertising for this goofy old dude. I love it so much that I watched the entire <laughs> four and a half minute ad instead of uh, watching the video that I was going to watch. So it's goofy. I don't think like everybody's going to be like, oh, God, I need to like check this out. But yeah. it is like a fun way to spend five minutes. So, you know, whatever. Well, now I'll have to I'll have to check it out. <laughs> check it out. Right. No doubt. We've got a good thing going. And I'm going to quit Electromonics. I'm going back on the road. Rock and roll. Yeah, you'll probably turn it on and be like, Pfft the hell is lj's problem but like what was lj what was lj doing that night (laughs) it kept me entertained it kept me entertained so nothing new with that but anyway (laughs) (laughs) all right 
So I guess we we weren't here last. We weren't able to record last Sunday. So I guess we're all just coming in uh, with with two what we're listening to. And I, mine are a little different too. So one's gonna be uh, music, and it's just I, good. You probably <laughs> don't care about this, Dad. There there might be a lot of people that that won't. But the sound of of my childhood, at least growing up uh, listening to rap, was the lighter flicking on a, on a playlist. <laughs> yep. And Lil Wayne finally came out with Carter Five after acting like it was and teasing us for ever and this was uh like a week and a half or two weeks ago yeah and it finally came out it's not like you know it's not like best album he's ever done or anything like that but it, I, I think it was a good it was a good exclamation point or period however you want to say to the carters i think the carter album need to end and i think that was really good and it kind of well, it, it was, was only, what, long, like almost like five tracks or something yeah it's, it really <laughs> was like a, d- a double disc or something like it had like 20 tracks and it kind of did some like real old school little Wayne with some new yeah, kind of, yeah. it just shows how he's been around forever. And it was, it was fun to listen to just listen to it. Kind of brought me back to like, like riding the bus to different like middle school basketball games or high school basketball games or football games. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a good album and it was just, it took forever to come out. So that's, that's what I've been jamming a lot of lately. And then it was sweet I of him to, to come on to uh, Sunday morning countdown and, and portray uh, OBJ's co- uh, kind, loving, supportive <laughs> mother. <laughs> over there. He did do a weird interview this morning with OBJ on on. I NFL just like I, you know, I see him like holding his hand and like looking at him like, yeah, that's right, baby, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they had like a whole another segment to defend him. They did like a whole segment where they just talked about you know kids these days and the culture and the social media age, and then like yeah, they had another segment where basically Justina Anderson was just trying to get Odell Beckham to All say that and Eli more Manning this week on and he wouldn't just do it. press play. and they just. Little Wayne just stayed for the whole thing, so it did look awkward. He was just standing there <laughs> nodding his head. But my my second what, what I've been listening to, and it's just I listened to this once, and I don't I'm not a fan of him. This podcast in general, I don't know. It might be great. I've never listened to it before today or yesterday. But uh, the Joe Budden podcast had uh, he he I've heard a lot about it, but they're it's kind of like I think it's similar to Joe Rogan where they're long free flow and conversations. Like this mm-hmm. one was like two hours long, but it was with a guy I love chance the rapper and yeah. they had him on and they just talked for like two hours and 30 minutes. And I, it obviously you're going to need a lot of time if you're going on a road trip or something, but it was really interesting to listen to. Cause it was just chance talking about what he does in Chicago. And then like his relationships in the music world between like Kanye West and Drake. And then yeah. like how he releases music and then the whole different stuff with streaming and then like independent artists. It was just really cool. And it, an in-depth kind of into a world that I will, I have never been into. Like I listened to all the music, but it was like a behind the scenes kind of thing. And it was really cool. And it just reiterated. I love chance the rapper. He's also, he's got as unique of a perspective in the hip hop world as anybody, like the way he came up is his own. So he's yeah. And, and like, it was no, and Joe Budden was really cool about it. He'll ask questions that, you know, might be controversial and chance might not want to answer. And if chance doesn't want to, he doesn't answer it. But like, it was just cool. And it seemed like these guys were really just hanging out and shooting the shit. And I just think chance is as good a guy. I love his music, but he just seems like an awesome dude. I'd love to sit down and hang he out. He does seem him. like a good well, guy. I mean, y- y'all talked about uh JJ Watt being Houston's <laughs> favorite son. Chance is Chicago's favorite son right now. I mean, I, yeah, he's, I get that. He's a well, and that's why I want you here. to watch. I, w- I would like for you to listen to it just because there's one part where they talk about Chicago and stuff. And it was like stuff. It was, it was like some of the conversations we've had with you. And so it was just really cool. And yeah, dude's a smart guy. He's not just someone yeah. who does like, I'm donating this money and I want it to go to the news so they can talk about how awesome Chance the Rapper is. He does so much that doesn't even get talked about. Yeah. Like just buying backpacks and shoes for people. I mean, it's ridiculous how much he gives. It was cool. So if if you're on a long road trip or got some time, you might want to put it on like,
like time and a half or two times the speed just to get get through it because it is long but it's it's interesting it's worth a listen and then my boy little wayne carter five carter five got him cool all right i think that'll do it for this week uh do y'all got anything else uh no dude stick a fork in me all right let's put a bow on it uh we'll be back to talk (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not a golden fork because then we'll lose it. Long story. Okay. Oh, before I let you go, L, I wanted to. Did you see that? So for the Chargers home game against the Raiders, which they ended up blowing out, I just wanted to talk some AFC West with you. Sure. Did you see that before they were getting ready for a home game yeah, against the I Raiders did. in Los yep. Angeles, and they had to for practice they were pumping in crowd noise because they yep. were expecting the Raiders fans to be there full force for yeah, a home what? game. Poor Philip Rivers and the Chargers don't even play I, home games anymore. I don't. E- I don't know what the numbers were this year, but I want to say i saw last year that the 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 fans were like six to one in favor of the raiders at the home game that they played in la i mean they're not la's team they're san diego's team it's such a bummer to see them there because they don't la doesn't like them they don't yeah san diego loves the chargers and then you i I understand that that stadium was a dump but you took you send them to los angeles and they just don't even care about them it's ridiculous Uh, someone made a joke it might have been siciliano i don't know someone made the joke he's like real question are there more chargers fans at the game or uh philip rivers kids because philip rivers has like (laughs) Did you see? I think they wore the the fly ass powdered blues this this week. Oh, they did. So I always love seeing those. No no true Charger fans were there to support it because uh, they don't care about him in Los Angeles. Those are fly. I love those powder blues. Yeah. Love, yeah. love, love, love. Right. Some yeah. of the best jerseys in the game. Yep. yep. Alright. That'll do it for this week. We'll catch you back with some more NFL talk later this week. Uh, peace out. Peace. Peace. Uh, the other thing uh, that's worth bringing up, maybe I'll stick this in there somewhere. Ian Johnson and his wife, uh, the running back for Boise State yes. way back when, uh, they are still married and they have a kid, I think about two years old now. So uh, I tried to reach out. He is on Twitter. He's a co-host of a morning radio show and also sells insurance. Interesting. Uh, I couldn't, so I like get a hold of him. Yeah. Hey, offer him. Uh, his insurance agency might be the JPP award winner for insurances in Boise. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, the, but yeah, uh, it was it was interesting uh, because like he actually has had like a kind of rough time right after that because you know his. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.